0: All right the title of the talk today is why six wings in the book of uh revelation when there's only four wings in in Ezekiel 4 uh, Ezekiel ten, 1 and Ezekiel 10 why do we have four wings in one place six wings in the other and uh also why are these six wings said to be on seraphims in Isaiah 6? Which are serpents. Seraphims are serpents. And we're going to look into why this all is. All right, in, in Revelation 4, verse 8, The four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now remember those words right there, because you're going to see the seraphim saying the same thing in Isaiah 6. And when those beasts gave honor and glory, glory and honor, and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who lives forever and ever. Uh, That's that's verse 9, where we're going to stop for today. But uh, let's read Isaiah 6, 2 now. And it stood, uh, above it stood the seraphim's each had six wings with 20 covered his face with 20 covered his feet with 20 did fly now last week we finished ezekiel 1 and 10 and those two chapters are the very foundation for what we're studying this week very foundation for for the fourth and, and fifth chapters of revelation you wouldn't have the fourth and fifth chapters of revelation if you didn't have ezekiel 1 and ezekiel 10 and uh, last time I said we were going to go into chapter 5, but but we just can't do that because we've got to cover this subject here today. You know, it'd just be totally negligent of me to go on to chapter 5 without mentioning these seraphim and the six wings in chapter 4 of Revelation of, on, the, on the animals instead of the four that are in Ezekiel chapters 1 and 10. Um Ezekiel 1.5 says, Also out of the midst thereof came uh, the, the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. And every one had four faces, and every one had four wings. Four wings, not six. Ch- verse chapter 10 of Ezekiel, This is the living creature I saw under the God of Israel by the river Kibar. And I knew they were the cherubim. Cherubims. And every one had four faces apiece, and every one had four wings. And the likeness of a, the hands of a man was under their wings. These are the cherub... <clears throat> Excuse me. These are the cherubims which are patterns of the true around the throne of God. Patterns of the true. Not, not the true. Patterns of the true. They're first mentioned in Genesis 3, where we're told that they keep the way of the tree of life. I always said they guard the way. No, they keep it. <laughs> Interesting that we have that same situation in the first chapter of, of uh, Genesis that we have in the first chapter of, of Revelation. Do we guard the book of Revelation, or do we keep it? Well, you be the, you be the judge. Blessed are they that keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book. The cherubim kept the way of the tree of life. They kept the way. The next time they appear is in the book of Exodus, overshadowing the mercy seat above the Ark of the Covenant, which is the Holy of Holies, and it's here that we first learn that they have wings. But it, it appears they appear at this point with only two wings. Exodus 25:20. 20, the caribans shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings. Their faces will look to one toward another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the caribans be. And how many wings do they have? 1 Kings 8, 7. The caribans spread forth their two wings over the ark. And the caribans covered the ark and the staves thereof above. But, but in the final Revelation, you know, you've got the four in, in Ezekiel, you've got the two in in Exodus, and in the final Revelation, in the book of Revelation, we have the four beasts, had each of them, verse 8, six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now, why are these creatures revealed to us in this piecemeal manner? Uh, the answer is that God is gradually revealing His truth to us, and that the Scriptures are written line upon line and precept upon precept. And here's the Scripture for that: Isaiah 28. Whom shall He teach knowledge? Verse nine. Whom shall He teach knowledge, and whom shall He make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, the tormented and the uh, fearful And this is a refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. And that's all of us. We're all snared and taken by failing to acknowledge the truths of the word of God, you know, which we all do in, in, our, in our walk at our own appointed time. We all fail to understand God's Word. We actually resist and reject it. Uh, that's, that's what we do as babes in Christ on the milk of the Word. And as long as we continue to just prefer the milk to the meat, that's where we are. It takes the book of Revelation to give us the whole overview of the plan of God. And it's all predestined. It's the predestined plan of God for all of mankind. And uh, and for the things that are in the heavens. Which together are called in Scripture the whole creation. And let's never forget that the heavens are part of the creation. Exodus 20, verse 11. Now, now let's keep this in mind. In six days, this is very important to what we're going to be seeing here in, uh, in Isaiah 6 concerning the seraphim later in this study. In six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Point is, he made the heaven and the earth. He made the heaven. Romans 8.22 We know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. And not only they, the whole creation that's heaven and earth. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our bodies. But the revelation was not all given in the Garden of Eden. The seed of the woman was promised there in the Garden of Eden. But the meaning of the seed of the woman is kept secret, actually kept secret, over the lifetimes and generations of mankind. And the secret is referred to and gradually revealed line upon line all along and finally made manifest and revealed to be Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's, that's what the secret is. And here's the verse, Colossians 1.26, Even the mystery, Greek, Greek word for secret, an old English word, but the Greek word means secret, mysterion. Even the, the secret which has been hid from the ages and from the generations... "...but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this secret among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ." Well, that's quite a statement for one man to make, that he's going to do this for every man. Well, this is the Word of God, and every man will see it and understand it in their own time. Uh, Perfect in Christ Jesus. This is the mystery which has been hidden from the generations. I mean, he just comes out and tells us, which is. So there it is. It won't be done until the whole creation and every man has been presented perfect before Christ. But now, let's ask the question, why are there six wings on the animals in uh, Revelation and in, on the seraphim in, in Isaiah? God gave wings only to creatures that fly in the heavens above the earth. So the wings on the creatures typify their heavenly existence. Uh, Genesis 1 120 says, God said, "Let the waters bring forth abundantly, the moving creature that has life and the fowl that they may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. But why are these patterns around the throne of God patterns of the true? Why are they beasts around and in the middle of the throne of God in the first place? Now we've covered that earlier. But why are they given six wings? Well, we've covered that also. I think we know that the beasts and the six wings connect mankind to God. But this is man. This is mankind. So he's a beast. He's presented as a beast because that's whence he came. That's whence he came. He came of the dust of the ground. He's, he's got the number six attached to him, and he's got the word beast attached to him. But there's more to it. The very symbol of everything that has to do with Adam is right there around the throne. Now, the number six is rebellion against God. And the wings, six wings, are what these animals have. And they're on beasts, both of which are you know, negative in their connotation, generally speaking. Second Peter 2.12. But these as natural brute beasts, the Greek name is zoon, Z-O-O-N, and it just means an animal as a natural brute animal, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. And Jude says something very similar. These speak evil of those things which they know not and what they know as natural brute beasts. In these things, they corrupt themselves. So the Greek word here for beast, zoon, in these two verses of Peter and, and Jude, is the exact same word that we find in Revelation 4. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal, in the midst of the throne, around about the throne, were four zun, four beasts, full of eyes before and behind, brute beasts. But of course, they are new beasts here, they're not brute beasts, but the, the word is the same, that's my point. We have four beasts before and are in the middle of and around the throne of God, and add to that the fact that they each have six wings, and, and uh, it's an undeniable connection to the man of sin who must be destroyed. Genesis one twenty four. God said, "Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and the creeping thing, and the beast of the earth, of the earth after his kind." And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, what other creature was created on that day? Well, here it is. Verse 26, God said, let us make man. It doesn't say the evening and the morning were the first day, or the, the, the sixth day, and then he made man. He made him the same day that he made the beast of the earth. It's just tacked on the end there. Let us make man in our image. Verse 26, after our likeness Let him, have dominion over the sea, over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Now we see the man, physical man, can and does dominate every physical creature on earth physically. But is that what's being said here? No, it's not. That's not what's being said spiritually. It is physically, not spiritually. Just like everything else. Did manna come down from heaven? Yes, manna came down from heaven. Was it the true bread of God? No, it wasn't. It was bread from God, but it was physical. It wasn't true. It wasn't the true spiritual. Was Adam Adam? Yes, Adam was Adam, but he's not the true Adam. Christ is the true Adam. Okay, man was created on the sixth day. Genesis 1.31. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In the evening and the morning were the, first, or the sixth day. The sixth day. He was created on the sixth day along with all the other beasts of the earth. The four beasts, who are patterns of the true heavens, are called beasts. And we're told they have six wings. Now, add to that the seraphim in uh, Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6, one. In the year that Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting on the, a throne high and lifted up. Now, Uzziah was a good king, as kings go, uh, and he had to die. And when, when the old man died, then the heavens were open for Isaiah. He saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. Now that word seraphim there is the same word translated fiery serpent. Each had six wings, with twenty he covered his face, with twenty he covered his feet, and with twenty he did fly. And, and the, uh, when I say fiery serpent, you'll see what I'm talking about when we get to uh, Numbers 21 here in a little bit. But uh, the word here is just translated seraphim. Uh, verse 3. And one cried to the other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole world is full of His glory. Same thing that the four beasts say in Revelation uh, 4. Verse 4, And the posts of the house moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphimes unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from, the, from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. Now that was done to Isaiah by a seraphim with six wings. A flying serpent with six wings. Also, I heard the voice, and, and and it says, your iniquity is taken away, your sin is purged. This is all in type because no one in the Old Testament was Purged of their sins, it it didn't. You say, Mike, don't don't contradict the Bible. Listen, I'm not contradicting the scriptures that Christ said, "He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John." Well, Isaiah was in, was born of a woman just like John was. He says, a men born of women, there's none greater than John, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John." Well, Isaiah was born of a woman. And this is a type. This Peter tells it tells us clearly, and he's not contradicting God's word. He says these men were not ministering to themselves, but to us. They wanted to know what this all meant, and God didn't let them see or hear what it meant. But He lets us know. First Peter one twelve. Listen to Wayne's talk last night; it was very good. Uh, it was on First Peter, All right. Isaiah six eight. I heard. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. Saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then said I, Here am I, send me. Now that is what happens when, when the seraphim put coals from the altar on our mouths and purge our sins. Now it's of utmost importance that you and I come to see that this word seraphim is the very same word translated fiery serpent in number 21 because this is around the throne of God, and we need to know why there are snakes around the throne of God. Uh, it's the same serpent to which Christ referred when He made this New Testament statement concerning the salvation of all mankind. Now this is John 3. This is, this is a, it's going to be verse 16 right here with it. Verse 14 in John 3. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Christ didn't say, as Moses offered sacrifices of lambs and bulls and goats in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be sacrificed. That's not what he said. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent. Why does he bring that serpent into this picture here? Here's why. That whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Here's the verse that is so popular. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Why does he repeat there not, not perish? Why does he say that? He says he says it because that's exactly what happened in the wilderness with the serpent. You looked on the serpent and you lived. Let's read this. Read the story. But I want to point out that that the most popular verse of God's Word, John 3, 16, is actually a reference to what happened with these fiery serpents in Numbers 21. And it refers to the salvation of all. So let's see what role these serpents played in Israel's history and the, what role they have in the patterns of the things of the heavens. Numbers 21, verse 4. They journeyed from Mount Hor by way of uh, the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses, Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathes this light bread. (coughs) And the Lord sent fiery serpents. The word is seraphim. Exact same word that we have over in uh, seraphs among the people. And they bit the people and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We've sinned for we've spoken against God and against you. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a Fiery serpent, the Hebrew word is seraph, and set it on a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Looks upon a snake and live. And Moses made a serpent. Now the word here is not seraph. The word here is nakash. but it, and it means serpent. Of brass. And put it on a pole. He was told to make a seraph, so he made a nakash. Because that's what a seraph is. And Moses made a nakash, a serpent of brass, and put it on a pole. And it came to pass that if a nakash had bitten any man, when he beheld the the nakash of brass, he lived. The Lord sent seraph nakash. That's what fiery serpents is. That's the two words used there to say fiery serpent. Among the people. And they died of the bites of the seraph Nakash. A seraph is what Moses was told to make, and he made a Nakash, a serpent. Now this is a repetition of Romans five fourteen, where Adam is referred to as a figure of him that was to come. The first carnal Adam. But here, instead of Adam, it's a serpent. A fiery serpent. Now, why would that be? Well, it's because Adam is the son of the serpent first. That's what he is first. Romans 5.14 says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even, of the, even over those, them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's tra- transgression. Who? Adam is the figure of him that was to come. Speaking of Christ. But instead of Adam, here in in Numbers 21, we have a nakash, a, a fiery serpent, a poisonous serpent, upon which Israel had to look to be saved. A serpent, in this case, is the figure of him that was to come. Just that simple. Hard to believe. Sounds blasphemous to many people. But it's what Christ said. As Moses lifted up the serpent, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And when you look on Christ believe on Christ just as Israel looked on that serpent then you shall live and have everlasting life well has, has man is man in the image of God has it become that way yet has he even been given dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over all the cattle over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth? As I said earlier, physically, yes, but obviously that's not true spiritually. Uh, If mankind were already conformed to the image of Christ in the Garden of Eden and already in control of the beasts, uh, and if that were an accomplished fact, then we would not even have Ecclesiastes 3.18 in the Bible, which says, I said in my heart concerning the estate of sons of men that God would make manifest that they might see that they themselves are beasts. So, do we have ourselves submissive to God? We may have all the physical beasts of the earth submissive and under our control, but do we have ourselves submissive to God? And the answer is, of course, not Not of ourselves. We don't. Man is not not naturally by nature submissive to God. For that which befalls beasts befalls the sons of men befalls beasts. Even one thing befalls them. As the one dies, so dies the other. Yes, they all have one breath, so that a man has no preeminence above a beast. But didn't 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 it say in the in Genesis that he was to have dominion over all the beasts? That's that's preeminence. Well, obviously this is speaking spiritually. And for those who have spiritual eyes, they have no problem seeing that. All go to one place, all are of the dust, all turn to dust again. Now, if Genesis one twenty six meant that God had completed His work, as the whole Christian world believes, and that mankind was already in God's image and was already given power over all of God's creation, the creeping things and all the beasts of the earth, men would have had great preeminence above every beast. But the truth is, that at this point, there in the garden, man has no preeminence above a beast. Now we find that the pattern of the of the things of the heavens includes the, these fiery serpents with six wings, doing all the things that the six-winged beasts do in, in Revelation 4. Like the four beasts, they take coals of fire from the altar, they cleanse the, Isaiah's lips, and like the four beasts, the seraphim cry, holy, holy, holy. So it's plain that we're once again being given just one more view of the same creatures. Just like the wheels have the spirit of the beast, and the, beast, uh, the spirit of the beast is in the wheels. This is just another view of the same thing, which, which is Christ, in, in the final analysis, if we can only see it, is Christ in us. But, but why is it a beast why does it have six wings and why is it a serpent this this thing that is in the midst of and around the throne of god the answer is that so long as we're in, in the midst of and around the throne of god we will never be unaware that we were created out of the ground that's the reason that's the purpose Genesis 2, 9 again. Out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also comes out of the ground like that serpent, like those beasts. The tree of life. Now, what is the tree of life? Well, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in us. Jesus Christ in us comes out of the ground is a beast, is a serpent, is the seed of the serpent before it's the seed of the woman. We'll always be aware that we were beasts of the earth. There it is, Clesiastes 3.18. We've already read it. We'll never forget and we will always remember that we were first of our father the devil, that old serpent the devil. John 8.43. Why do you, that's you and me, Jews that believe on Christ and want Him dead want to kill our fellow man to defend our God and country. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You're of your father the devil. The lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's us. That's us. We're we're of our father the devil. Now, Ephesians 2 says this, wherein in time past, you, now this is speaking of the seed of the woman now, all of a sudden, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's our father, the devil, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we all had our conversations in time past. We all means all of us, all mankind in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, that's the beast. And we're by nature children of wrath, brute beasts, even as others. Colossians 3.6 For which thing's sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. In the which wrath of God, children of disobedience, you also walked sometime when you lived in them. But now you've put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice. you put off wrath. Why? Because you were under it and you, you had it. Blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Why not one to another? Seeing that you've put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on the new man. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Why is Paul telling people who are under the new man not to lie to one another? Because we do. Even the new man from time to time slips up and comes to realize that he's still a beast. And as long as we're in this flesh, that's what will be happening to us to a greater or lesser degree. And it will be less and less because he will increase and we will decrease. We've been over that many times. But in the final appearance of these beasts... They, they tell us who they are. Revelation 5, eight. When he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sung a new song saying, You were worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God. You've redeemed us. These beasts are us. By your blood, out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And have made us to our God kings and priests, and we will reign on earth. We now know that the four beasts here in Revelation four and five, and throughout the book of Revelation, are, are patterns of the heavens. Patterns in the heavens of the overcomers, the elect of God, to whom it is granted to sit with Him on His throne. Revelation three twenty one, just to back up what we just said. To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my Father in his throne. Our salvation comes through our death, through our destruction. And uh, death leads to life. Destruction of the flesh leads to a new spiritual body. But the natural man cannot accept this truth. You know, I emphasize dying, dying, dying. Well, every time you hear me say the word dying, think of being born anew. Because that's what it is. He that loses his life will find it. Did Christ overemphasize the losing of his life? Well, I hope not, and I hope I don't. You lose your life to find it. You give it up to to acquire it. Death leads to life the end of a thing is better than the beginning and the day of one's death than the day of one's life. That's in Ecclesiastes. I think it's chapter 7. The natural man cannot accept this truth. The things of the Spirit are worthless and foolishness. Those statements, those statements are all just absurd to a natural man who says, I have this one body and I want to take care of it. We know that we have more than this one body and that the bones of this one body are just really not that important. Okay, Matthew 16, verse 25. Whosoever will save his life will lose it. Whosoever will lose his life, for my sake, will find it. Verily I say to you, except a corn of wheat... Verse John twelve twenty four, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone, but if it die, it brings forth much fruit. 2 Thessalonians 2, 8. Then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the spirit of His mouth, and destroy with the brightness of His coming. Who's that? That's you and me, sitting on the throne of God, in the temple of God, declaring ourselves to be God. Hebrews 2.12, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He also Himself likewise took part of the same, that through death He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. The devil is destroyed... The serpent is destroyed so that the serpent can be saved. Our father, the devil. Our father, the devil. Us, you and me, because we are the seed of the serpent. It's us. But it's also the things of the heavens. First Corinthians 2.14, The natural man receives not the things of the spirit, their foolishness to him, neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So it's through the losing of our life we find life, through the dying that we live, through the destruction of the old Adam, that the new Adam is born. And it's through the destruction of him that has the power of death, that is the devil, that our father the devil is given life. When? Then the end comes in 1 Corinthians 15. The destruction of him that has the power of death and the destruction of death itself is a simultaneous event. It is for this reason that Christ came in our sinful flesh, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. That's why we're told that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The lake of fire is actually prepared for the devil and his angels. Those are Christ's words. Matthew 25, verse four, 41. Then shall, they, shall he say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Of course, that's Ionian fire. It's not literal. We know all that. We are that lake of fire which will purify all who are placed in our charge. Isaiah 33:14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has surprised the hypocrites. Who among us will dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us will dwell with the everlasting burnings? of course we know that the word everlasting is Olam which is the equivalent of Aon Isaiah thirty-three fifteen. here's the answer to the question he that walks righteously he dwells in that everlasting uh, burning in that devouring fire he that despises the gain of oppressions and shakes his hand from holding bribes and stops his ears from hearing of blood and shuts his eyes from seeing evil that's That lake of fire. That's who dwells there. That's who does what has to be done to the devil and his angels. Satan the devil is cast into the lake of fire along with the beast and the false prophet. That's you and me. What the lake of fire does to the beast and to the false prophet is what it will do to the devil and his angels. Now, if the beast and the false prophet... and the devil and his angels were all just one and the same, then there would be no need for all these types and figures around the the throne of God. But the one is the things of the heavens and the other is the things of the earth. And the destruction of the one is the life of the other. Revelation 19.20 The beast was taken, and with him, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and then that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, that's, uh, what did, did I give the chapter and verse there? Chapter 19, verse 20. The next chapter. This is after the thousand years. After the thousand, you know, that, that too was after the thousand years, because the beast is not cast into the lake of fire until, there is no lake of fire until after the thousand years. But, but there is a fiery experience before that, but it's not going on during the millennium because th- there is no wicked one to be contended with during the millennium. Um, Revelation 20, verse 10, The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night, forever and ever. But of course there's the eons of the eons, meaning the lives of all men of all time. He's going to be tormented in each person, in each eon. This all explains and agrees with Paul's declaration that the whole creation, which we read earlier, waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Romans eight twenty two. We know that the whole creation... What is the whole creation? The things in the heavens and in the earth. Groans and travails in pain together, together until now. For what purpose does it groan and wait and travail? Romans eight nineteen, For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. Verse 29 of Romans 8. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. It's that spiritual conforming to the image of His Son, of those who will be the firstborn among many brethren. That's what, that's what they're groaning and travailing for, and waiting for. It's that blessed and holy first resurrection, and those few that are in it, the manifestation of the sons of God, for which the whole creation waits and groans and travails. It's not waiting for something that was only begun in Eden. Adam was not the uh, sons of God that was manifest for the world. Adam was what is called a marred vessel in the potter's hand. That's what was in Eden. Eden is where the entire predestined plan all began. The word predestinated is such a despised and unfamiliar word to the ears of the natural man that, that my spell check didn't even recognize it. And, and human beings, you, you know, you talk to a, a churchgoer about predestination, and they don't believe it. They just don't believe it because it takes away free will. But here's Ephesians one nine, Having made known to us the mystery... The word is Greek, the Greek word is uh, secret, of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. He's made it known to us that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Now, who do you think it's talking about there? Do you think it's talking about Christ who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, or for that matter, Christ today in the heavens? Well, yes, of course it is. But who is the Christ in the heavens? Let's read this in the Concordant Version. Uh, Let me finish verse 11 here. In whom we've obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. Now let me read it in the, the Concordant Version having made known to us the secret of his will according to his delight, which he purposed in him, to have an administration of the complement of the eras, to head up all in the Christ, both which are in heaven and on the earth. Now, we know what the Christ is, and that the Christ is him that overcomes, sitting with Christ in his throne. Uh, in, whom, in, "...in him in whom our lot is cast also, being predestinated beforehand, according to the pers- purpose of the one who is operating all according to the counsel of his own will, that we should be for the Lord of his glory, who are pre-expectant in the Christ." Pre-expectant meaning the firstfruits. We are a kind of firstfruits, James said, just like Christ is a first fruit. So this vessel of clay, we call a physical body, was deliberately marred in the hand of the potter by the predestination which the, only the potter can effect. Jeremiah 18.4, <clears throat> the vessel that was made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel. It seemed good to the potter to make it. And that means conformed to the image of his son. The potter is God, who, through Christ using Christ as the potter, created Adam on the sixth day along with all other beasts of the earth. Satan is not the potter. Satan did not mar the vessel of clay. The mystery or the secret of God will not be, was not revealed in Eden in a vessel of clay. That's absurd to suggest such a thing. Eden was not the dispensation of the fullness of times. Eden, and all that happened in Eden. Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel. Which, of course, was outside the garden. And all that these princi- principles, meaning these people, did was what the Scriptures called the foundation of the world. Not the fullness of times. Not the conforming to the image of God. It's not what the Scriptures reveal as... The secret of God's will revealed in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Adam and Eve were not free to choose to do either good or evil. It was predestined what they would do, as it is all of us. Adam and Eve were just as predestined as we are. Predestined to do the counsel of Him who works all things after the counsel of His own will. The events sur- surrounding their lives, which have been recorded for our edification, are the beginning of the secret of God's will, which will be revealed in the dispensation of the fullness of times. <clears throat> Luke 11:50 comes out and says that the blood of all the prophets was shed from the foundation of the world might be required of this generation. Now, what is the foundation of the world? Next verse tells us from the blood of Abel, under the blood of Zachariah. Well, Abel and Adam were contemporaries; Adam was his father. Abel died a young man, Adam died an old man, so they were right there together. Uh, Abel is the second son of Adam, who was killed by his own brother Cain, and it's this period of time, from Adam to Abel, that the Scriptures refer to as being the foundation of the world. Adam was created on the sixth day, along with all the beasts of the earth. It's for this reason that Adam, in Scripture, uh, is a beast... And it's for this reason that mankind's number is three sixes. Revelation 3.18, here's wisdom. Let him that has a mind calculate, this is the concordant version, calculate the number of the wild beast, for it's the number of mankind, and his number is 666. It's for this reason that there are beasts around the throne of God. It's for this reason that in the final line upon line of the four beasts, we find them with six wings. These four beasts are those of mankind who will be given the great honor of ruling and reigning with Christ in his throne. Revelation 3.21. To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. Now, what, what have we seen in looking into these seraphims and these four beasts with six wings? Both of them having six wings, the seraphim and the animals, the beasts in Revelation. When one thing they're seeing is that the most familiar and most popular wor- verse of God's Word reveals that the seraphims are one more aspect of Christ and Christ's elect, who are like Christ in this world. John three fourteen: "...as Moses lifted up the, wilder- uh, the, be- <laughs> the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have, e- uh, have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son..." that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just what we read over there in in uh, Numbers 21. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Just as people were saved by looking upon the seraph. All right, 1 John 4:17. 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world. We saw that the six wings of the four beasts in Revelation 4 and 5 connect them with the six-winged seraphim of Isaiah 6. We saw that both are given the task of handling the coals of fire from the heavenly altar. Both cry, Holy, 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 and both are one and the same thing, present in different ways, presented in different ways to tell us different things about who we are in Christ. We saw that Christ's willingness to identify with His creation that has that that's why these these beasts and serpent are presented as they are because God created and Christ created us as the seed of the serpent as marred vessels and he's, he's, he's Adam, our father who's the seed of the serpent, is a figure of him that was to come and uh, And Christ calls the serpent that was raised in the wilderness a type of himself, being raised up on the cross, so that all who look upon him or who believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Hebrews 2.11 Both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he's not ashamed to call them brothers. Now that's the reason we have six wings on the seraphim, the snakes, and on the beasts, as types of us, as types of the Christ. We now know that the lake of fire is the channel for the purging of all things, both in the heavens and in the earth. Ephesians 1.10 again, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in the Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth, even in him. What we have seen is that Christ will lose no one in heaven or in earth, and that the reason there are so many things around the throne which seem contrary to our way of thinking is that God doesn't think like we think. One of those ways is that He will, ne- that we will never be permitted to forget that we came out of darkness and out of the ground as the beasts and the children of disobedience. <coughs> Another way men do not think of God as God thinks is to discover that our father, the devil, is but a part of the creation of the Creator, both which are in heaven and on earth, which is to be redeemed in a lake of fire. Romans eleven sixteen. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. <clears throat> and if the root be holy, so are the branches. Alright, next week, Lord willing, we're going to finish chapter five of Re- or 4 of Revelation. Here are the last two verses of that chapter. You can be contemplating it. We might get further. I don't. I don't know how the study will go. But here are the last two verses. The four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne, and worshipped him that sat on the throne forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, "You are worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory, glory and honor and power, for you were cre- for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they were created." <coughs> So that's what the Scriptures say of Christ. And we're going to bring that out next week.